shooting views. Episode 23 is that I can't miss that episode. I'm going to break down every single team in the Eastern Conference and broken down to the divisions, starting with the Atlantic Division, all about all the different teams, how the seasons were, their free agency outlook, what they need to do to become at the next level, and what to expect from them. You're not going to miss it. But in the middle, we end the Team Harness series with none other than one of the top players in Jalen Anderson. He recently committed to Bell Vista. You're not going to miss ways to say about why, what's going down, and so much more. That's going to happen. Then, of course, Shoe Zone. Oh, boy. Another great one. I'm going to talk about the awards. Giannis' speech. I'm going to talk about so much stuff. Mike Conley win two big-time awards that mean the world. I'm going to talk about all the kind of stuff. And, of course, Bradley Beal winning NBA cares. My thoughts on that. That being said, everyone, get ready for a big-time episode. It's starting now. Don't want to miss it. How's everyone's week going so far? I hope everyone's having a great week. But... We're only days away from the start of the 2019 NBA free agency period, and rumors are flying everywhere, and I'm here to calm things down for you. I'm ready to give my takes on my Eastern Conference today, but without further ado, I'm your host, Zach Shoe Shoemaker, and I'm at my home in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm very hyped to get into today's show. Also, you're not going to want to miss what one of the newest members of Bella Vista has to say as he closes out the Team Harden series with Jalen Anderson. That being said, let's hop right into the Atlantic Division. All right, so let's kick off the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division. And with that being said, I'm going to talk about the reigning champions, the Toronto Raptors. Raptors went 58-24, won the NBA championship. What if that's too bad, right? That being said, I'm going to give a quick review. Obviously, this is the first year. They fired Masai Ujiri, became a profound general manager. He took one of the biggest gambles and risks in NBA history by firing Coach of the Year Dwayne Casey and trading off franchise superstar DeMar DeRozan, the San Antonio Spurs, in return for Kawhi Leonard, the board man. Clearly, this was a huge move. Huge. Absolutely outstanding, you know? When you look at it, they, they had to make some moves. They were a good team. And on the trade deadline, they made the Jonas Valanciunas. They did the CJ Miles. They moved a whole bunch of pieces over there. Delon Wright, picks, whatever. Jonas Valanciunas, they got Marcus Saul back. Big time move. After trading all those pieces away, they had to go fill out the roster. That being said, obviously, this is an A-plus season for them. Does there any other degree you could really give the Toronto Raptors? I mean, they, they accomplished it. Kyle Lowry showed up to me to become, no, he's not elite. No, he should be an all-star this year? Probably not. But he's a guy that's a championship caliber point guard. He can go in there and make the right moves and do all kinds of stuff for you. It's big time. Then, let's talk about some of Danny Green. Danny Green's another one of those. He had one of the highest plus minus amongst the NBA's best. Now, he will be a free agent, free agent that they're going to need to attain. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard, big storyline there. Pascal Siakam. Big story. Marcus are huge. So, that being said, Nick Nurse, huge year, big time, big time, big time. Toronto's huge. So, the free agents they're looking at this year Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Marcus Saul, Jeremy Lin, Patrick McCaw, Jody Meeks, Eric Moreland, and a new name, Nando DiColo. Now, let me talk about some of these guys for you. Kawhi Leonard, he opted out of his contract. We obviously know what's going on there. As for Danny Green, he also is an unrestricted free agent. Marcus has yet to decide on his player option yet. Jeremy Lin's a free agent. McCaw, they have now extended an offer to him. Jordan Meeks is a free agent. Eric Moreland's a free agent. And Nana DiColo, he's been overseas for a few years now. But they did tender his offer to potentially have him come back over to the NBA this season. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do there. Along with that, though, they also are extension eligible. Kyle Lowry, Sergio Baca, Fred VanVleet, Siakam. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, I wouldn't be surprised, potentially, depending on, how, what, depending on what Kawhi Leonard decides. Lowry may or may not be on the move. Sergio Baca 
We'll see. I think he may, may not be on the move as well, but someone that you know is going to be a lock is Pasco Siakam. I expect him to get close to a max deal this summer. I think the best contract for him would be somewhere around the 120, four year to four to five year 120 million, somewhere around there. Fred VanVleet, could you could very well get an extension. He needs to be a player for long term. The other guys we'll see they kind of fill in as they go. Now, the Toronto Raptors, they do have 45.35 million dollars in cap holds. Overall, when they truly eliminate all that, they have negative 3.2 million dollars. So they're not going to make too many moves to those trades that occur, or they move the rights, or they move Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they have to re-sign people. That's really the only way. So the, right now, the roster is looking like Kyle Lowry at the point guard, Van Vliet backing him up, Norm Powell and Anunoby backing the shooting guard and the small forward up, Siakam as the starting power forward, and Ibaka as a backup power, as a backup center, and the rookie they drafted with 59th pick, Dwayne Hernandez out of Miami, can be the third string center as of right now. You have Chris Boucher. Some of those guys might might factor in, depending if they extend the offer. If they don't, best pretty much the guys that are locked in right now. Obviously, Danny Green, obviously, Mark Gasol, obviously, the big factor in Kawhi Leonard. Now, speaking about Kawhi Leonard, according to Woj and a lot of reports, it's going to be a race between Kawhi Leonard and between the LA Clippers and the Toronto Raptors. Now, Toronto Raptors and their ownership believe that they're confident that Kawhi Leonard will stay. They obviously are going to do everything in their power to get him. That's about plan B if he leaves. They don't have a lot of money to really start anything else. That's what I'm saying. At that point, I think you're looking for. Crazy enough potential rebuild. Not necessarily a rebuild. I'm not going to live all as that. Masai Ujiri is a genius. More of a retool. Will they become contenders? No. But honestly, with Kawhi Leonard, I don't know if they still will be. Yes, they'll be contenders, but will they win it? No. With the teams moving, pieces shifting across the league. That being said, I wouldn't be shocked at that point if you see Serge Ibaka shipped out for assets. You see Kyle Lowry shipped out. Maybe a package deal there. You keep OG on a newbie, obviously. You keep some of the young guys and you just get more and more assets to come in and replenish those people. And you build around Siakam, or at least postpone to have Siakam as there. Potentially, I don't think it's going to happen. It probably won't. But they tried doing a signed trade with LA or something. That's uh, that's a very unlikely situation, but that is still a possibility, of course. But that is basically what you got now for the Toronto Raptors. All right, let's talk about Philadelphia 76ers. They finished second in the Atlantic Division with a 51-31 and record. All right. For them... I was not impressed this year. They had all the assets, all the pieces, and all the moves they made. Arjun Brown was a genius. But they wanted to capitalize on this with big time. It was a big loss. That's why, that's why I'm giving them a C. And you tell me you got Ben Simmons, you got Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick. You have five all-star caliber players. How did they lose to the Toronto Raptors in the second round? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have been shocked if I would have saw Brett Bowman be fired. He's a good coach, but... Obviously, couldn't, he can't succeed. Monty Williams left to go to the Phoenix Suns. So he lost a big assistant. Yes, he replaced with another Spurs asset. That's always big time, but we'll see what goes down. But in terms of the season, Tobias Harris trade, excellent. Jimmy Butler trade, excellent. Now, comes part two to that, though. Can you resign them? I do not know. Free agents. J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Justin Patton, Amir Johnson, T.J. McConnell, Fergan Korkmaz, Tobias Harris, Boomer Marjanovic, Mike Scott, James Ennis, and Greg Monroe are free agents. Currently, 76ers only have six players that are on the roster, including the two rookies. Your currently extendable players is Ben Simmons and Shake Milton. Shake Milton, we'll see what goes down there. But Ben Simmons, I kind of want to talk about that. My thing if I'm Philadelphia, I've said it a couple times, but I'm firm in this now. I've decided. If I'm Philadelphia, I'm trading Ben Simmons this, this offseason. You could potentially trade Joel Embiid, sure, but I don't think Simmons and Embiid are going to work out. 
but I don't think you trade Embiid whatsoever. That's just, I don't, that's, that's, it's not going to be the same name to consider. That being said, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a good player, very good player, elite player. But he's not going to work on a shot. He doesn't have a shot. And that's struggling. That's, that, that's, uh, at the end of the day, that's what causes Sixers not to advance. That's what happened. And there's nothing else really to say about that. That being said, I'm trying to ship out Ben Simmons. Send him a place that he's going to sign an extension, sure. But a place that's rebuilding that can use him. You're looking at somewhere maybe like Atlanta. He'd fit him right in. Give him some young pieces. Give him Kevin here. Give him a whole bunch of shooting. Kevin Hero, you give him Cameron Reddish. You move pieces like that. You might have a deal there. That'd be big time. You move Ben Simmons to someone like Phoenix, and they just reset around him, or they move him at point guard. They trade off someone like, per se, Josh Jackson. They trade off some of the rookies they just got. They trade off pieces like that. Future picks. I see what's going to go down. A lot of the options are something I could really consider them doing and getting pieces and assets. Along with that, Sixers have $107.8 million in cap holds, which on the end of the day, when they buy, when they get the players that opt out, opt in, whatnot, they renounce the rights, they basically, they theoretically will have $58.9 million. Now, that's enough for about a cap, a, a, two max spots, yes. You can kind of, someone's going to take a little bit of a haircut there. It's going to be a little bit cheaper deal. Now, obviously, Sixers had a lot of picks. Not all of them were kept, though, because they traded a lot off in terms of assets later on throughout the time. Now, like I said, there's only six players locked in for the 76ers. Ben Simmons at the one, and be at the center. You then have got Zaire Smith at shooting guard. You can either start him or back him up, which, let me take a quick break right there. I'm a huge fan of Zaire Smith. I think he's going to be a very good player. I love the fact that they have Zaire Smith on that roster. Then they got Mario Shayok, Jonah Bolden, a lot of good pieces that they added on, along with Matisse Thibault out of Washington. I love the addition there. He was a big-time trade-up with the selection in which they traded the 20th pick for the 24th and 33rd pick that went out to Boston. Matisse Thibault is a big-time defensive player that can also stretch the floor and shoot a little bit. He's going to be huge for Philadelphia. That being said, you only have six players on the roster. So far, they've made some moves. Sixers got some cash in return for Jonathan Simmons in the number 42 overall pick, along with some other moves they made. But now let's get to some of the rumors. For Concordia, he's not expected to return to the 76ers. He most likely returned to that Turkish team. He was the former 26 overall pick. Really hasn't panned out. Had some injury issues throughout the year, though. Now, they're going to have two offers. They have to, the only way they're going to retain... The two big guys are Tobias and Jimmy Butler. We all know that this free agents for them. Of course, J.J. Redick as well, and he'll be commanding around $12 million per year. That's what Jimmy Butler is the only way they're expected to keep him, if they offer him a five-year max contract. Jimmy Butler's main priority is a long-term and a max deal. Pretty reasonable. Now, Philadelphia has also expressed interest in Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, Ed Davis, Ish Smith, and Corey Joseph, and Terrence Ross. Now, you realize something there. Beverly, Marcus Morris, Ed Davis, Ish Smith... All of them are fierce competitors and in-your-face, in-your-grind kind of thing. They're also attempting to get another backup point guard to play T.J. McConnell to not expect to return with Corey Joseph, Terrence, or Corey Joseph or Ray Smith. And Terrence Ross would be a big-time free agent if, indeed, they lose Jimmy Butler because, or Tobias Harris because you're not going to have enough money to resign something like Terrence Ross all that. But in my opinion, I sorry, trade out Ben Simmons, that's a different story. If they keep Ben Simmons, I say you only try to go after one of them. That should move out to Tobias. I said this before, heading into the playoffs, Tobias would block. But now after the playoffs, Jimmy Butler's a block. I tell you why. Jimmy Butler showed up big time in the playoffs and he knows how to play. Yes, Tobias would develop, but you can let him walk. 
He's got interest at other places. You give him that contract. Now, it might be a risk because he is older, but you felt that bench. Bench is very much important. You go and add yourself to Marcus Morris. You go and add yourself with Pat Beverly and a Terrence Ross and Ed Davis. You add yourself a whole bunch of bench pieces that's going to upgroot you to a whole other level. That 51 and 31 might turn into a 59 to 60 win team in regards to also making this conference finals, not winning at all. Or at least going to winning the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of moves. They got a lot of stuff to get going. And Elton Brand, he's a genius. I've proven I love what Elton Brand is doing out there. But he's going to have to make some moves. All right, it's time to get into this Boston Celtics stuff. Tell me they've been dis- they haven't been disappointing. I called it a little bit ago. I believe that Danny Ainge was a one-hit wonder in terms of what he's done. He had one of the biggest trades, biggest flashes, of all the potential, all the pieces in the world, but somehow he's not been able to capitalize on it. Am I wrong? Looking at a team of disarray, dysfunction, uncertainty. I don't know what's going on with this roster. I mean, what is? They're a 49-33 win team when people were saying, I wasn't, but people were saying, that quote unquote, they were the easy win contenders. They were the next Warriors. They didn't even make it to the conference finals. They didn't. But Brad Stevens couldn't capitalize on it. Now, they had a frenzy. A man that people loved in Boston. A man that everyone loved, completely adored. And now Horford. He's opted out and is not expected to return. Kyrie Irving opted out. He's not returning. Marcus Morris. I don't know how much interest Boston has in resigning him, but I don't know why. Terry Rozier, we haven't heard much about because he had a horrible season. Daniel Tice, not much. Brad Wanamaker came in, played some decent minutes. Doji and Hunter, yeah, we'll see what they do. They can extend Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. I don't think, don't expect Hayward to get extended. I feel bad for the man, but he obviously was on himself. I would like to see Hayward actually dealt. To possibly open up a room for Boston, yes, but, but also just to be able to see what he can do if he's on a team of his own. That being said, the Boston Celtics currently have $109.6 million in cap holds, which when it all comes out, said and done, when they release the cap holds and all that stuff, they have about $32.3 million, just about under a max deal. They got a big contract to Marcus Smart. They got, they're committed to Jason Tatum. Expect, expect them to extend him once he's eligible next year. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. They don't have a lot of players on the roster right now. I mean, it, it's not good news if you're a Boston Celtics fan. The roster is clearly in disarray. I just said that. I don't know what they're going to do. It's a very confusing roster. It's a very confusing situation for them in which they are struggling. They truly are struggling. As of right now, they went into the draft. They drafted Romeo Langford. They drafted Grant Williams. Drafted Carson Edwards. Drafted Tremont, Willi- Tremont Waters out of LSU. A lot of good pickups. Speaking about a little bit, Romeo Langford's got that slipped a little bit, but he truly ended up coming out in the lottery still. He's a very good player. I think if they use him right, we'll see how they use him. I really, I like Grant Williams. I can, I think he could very well be an next John Green. Undersized, but he's just big. He wants to work hard, and he's a competitor. Carson Edwards, we know what he can do. You give him a moment, I can see him have a lot of that Isaiah Thomas in him. And I think he's going to put out a very good career for himself. Fred Van Vliet as well. Toronto Waters, we'll see what he does later. A little bit of later on pick, but we'll see what goes down. Now, in terms of the trade so far, they haven't really done too much other than trading Aaron Baines, the number 24 pick for a future 2021 pick from Milwaukee, which was part of the Phoenix Suns trade. They also traded away Matisse Thierball in return for the number 24 pick and the 33rd pick, which they ended up getting some good pieces there. But I want to talk about this. So right now, you got a roster. The way it's looking right now, starters included, if you go into the season right now, you have Marcus Smart at the 1, you got Jalen Brown at the 2, Hayward at the 3, Tatum at the 4, Robert Williams at the 5. You got Carson Edwards, Romeo Langford, Samuel Ojale, Yerson Yabosuli, and Grant Williams backing them up. That's it. So let's get us about 10 guys. 
but that's a lot of young guys and a lot of rookies. They're going to need to do a lot of shaping up now. According to reports now we've seen, Horford obviously like I said he wouldn't exercise $30.1 million deal. He's looking to walk away. He wants a 3 to 4 maybe $5 million max deal. A lot of teams are targeting him. The good news I heard, though, that Boston Celtics and Dallas Mavericks are both trying to pry away Kemba Walker and that the, and Boston is the front of the line. They also have room and they want to move on and they're interested in looking at news with Vucevic out of Orlando. Big-time year. I think he would be a lot like Al Horford. He reminds me a lot of him. Very, They play the same kind of role. But Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is a guy I could see. Perfect. He's got the Isaiah Thomas kind of action. He's not going to back down. He can lead a team. He just needs some other pieces around him. I think you put him in Boston. I think that changes the whole scope of things. I'll take Kemba Walker in terms of some situations like Boston over Kyrie. I really like the addition of Kemba. I think they should go all out. Now we've seen the Dallas Mavericks things. So that's why I really am intrigued. I think he might consider staying at Charlotte, but going to Boston would be a big time move that I love. That is what Danny Ainge. If I'm Danny Ainge, I'm going all out, selling all my chips to go get myself Kemba Walker. You gotta do it. You have to get Kemba Walker from there. You build the rest of the roster out. Because look, you give me Kemba Walker. You're looking at, and then you maybe, I think you gotta keep smart. I like a duo of Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart. I really like that move. But I think Jalen Brown, you trade him. Guess you can extend him, but you trade him, you get some moves. You go and get yourself a center. Either go and get Nikola Vucevic to plug in there, which I like, I like that squad. You move Hayward and Brown, Hayward and Brown, maybe get a really good asset. I like the lineup of Kemba, Marcus Smart, Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and one of the piece via trade with Jalen Brown, Rob, and Gordon Hayward. I think you can get something good out of it. I think you really could. I really, really, truly like that team. I think that's something that Boston really needs to look at doing. You get a rush like that, just going to be competitive again. Because right now, the way this roster is forming, it is not pretty whatsoever. Brad Stevens, I think he's on the hot seat as well this upcoming season. We'll have to see what he does. All right, Brooklyn Nets time, folks. Y'all know I'm going to like this one again. Because the thing I've been predicting all year long, and that people might have laughed at when I first said it, it's coming true, folks. I would be shocked if it doesn't happen. You guys know what happened? This season was incredible for Brooklyn. And they have a big time season coming up ahead of them. And I, I, I'm ecstatic for it. The point is, Brooklyn Nets 42 and 40. They weren't supposed to win more than 29 games. They weren't. Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks, but you a heck of a crew, and we know what those boys did. Especially when we're going to look at D'Angelo Russell, who was an all-star. Dimly took his game to a whole other level. Joe Harris stepped up and led the NBA three-part percentage. LeVert had the massive injury, but came back strong, especially in the playoffs that I predicted. Rodan's Karuks, who would have saw the second-round pick, 44th pick, going out like that? Jared Allen took a big jump, became one of the making name for himself, becoming one of the best rim protectors, and not the best rim protector in the entire NBA. And Davis was the best backup big man in the NBA by far. Your free agents, they have DeMar Carroll, the free agent. They have D'Angelo Russell, which is restricted. We know the big storyline behind that. We have Ed Davis, Ronda Hollis Jefferson, which they did not extend the offer, so don't expect him to come back to Brooklyn. Jared Dudley, and we're waiting to see what Theo Pinson and Alan Williams are up for. Extension candidates, Karis LeVert, Shabazz Napier, Joe Harris, and Travion Graham is a team option deal. So depending on what happens, they need to clear some money. Travion Graham would be the guy to go. Same thing with Shabazz Napier. But Karis LeVert, expect him to get a big deal right after the free agency period, right after they lock up the stars they want to get. I expect Karis LeVert to get the deal done. Joe Harris, we might see that happen too, although Joe Harris might be dealt in return for a couple extra dollars in cap space. Seller cap, Brooklyn has $77 million in cap holds, along with 66.9, we want to call it $67 million in space. So on Brooklyn roster right now, the starting point guard, the way the starting lineup would look right now would be Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Rodion Kuroks, Ortorian Prince, and Jared Allen. Your backups would be Musa, Jalen Hands, 
Torian Prince Arroyo was not starting. Nicholas Claxton. I like the moves. Brooklyn obviously traded back and got Nick Claxton, or they didn't trade back, but they used that pick and got Jalen Hans, to be honest. But they wanted to do that to clear the cap space. Because second round pick is way cheaper than a first round pick. That being said, it's a good move. Nick Claxton got that, I think. I was huge on the combine watching him, and I love the addition of Nicholas Claxton. He'll be huge for Brooklyn. You're going to potentially be paying up three seven footers in the near future. In a year out once Kevin Durant gets playing. But you're going to tell me you're going to have Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, and Kevin Durant. That's big time. Jalen Hand's another player. He slid. Not necessarily slid, but he went a high school top player. Obviously, didn't pan out well. But he, Sean Marks picked him. And if Sean Marks picks you, that's a high accolade. That's something to watch out for. I expect Jalen Hand to have an impact on this roster. Especially if the point guard position is a little, little bit on the on edge. Nintendo trade, Sean Marks already pulled the trigger a couple of times. We've seen him pull the trade. Torian Prince, a 2021 second round pick. For Alan Crabb, the 17th pick. And a future pick. Big time, big time stuff. He wants max spots. He got it. And Torian Prince is a huge player. I think could truly lock in a part of the core with Musa, with Levert, with Rodions, with Jared Allen, now with Nicholas Claxton. I really like that. And of course, the draft pick stuff I talked about in the LA Clippers trade, in which we now have the Philadelphia 76ers pick next year in 2020. So it's going to be a nice pick. You trade back a year when you're already locked up cap space because of the max deals, and you just get to add on, go over the limit. I really do like this move. If I'm Brooklyn, what do I do? I'm getting Kevin Durant first and foremost. Whatever you have to do to do it. If it means Kyrie Irving, which ends up theoretically meaning no D'Angelo, you do it. Kevin Durant, I don't care. It's a risk. But Kevin Durant is a generational player that even if he's even if his athleticism is gone, he will be able to score at will. Now, I realize this. Let's say he never gets to play again. Let's say he never even plays at a good level. Well, what do I say? I say do it again. I would think yes. But his name is Kevin Durant, and I cannot pass up on a man like that. He will work his butt off, and I think he has a chance to come back just as good, if not better. If anyone can do it, he can. Now, the other part. Kyrie Irving or D'Angelo. Now, this is before. My only thing about Kyrie is, well, he actually wants to go there for the first time. And he has teammates, and he knows his place on the team. I like that idea. I truly do, and I want to see what happens like that. But I don't want to lose D'Angelo. It really makes me upset, to be honest. D'Angelo, what he's done for the franchise, what he's done, period. It's been incredible to let him go. Now, D'Angelo really wants to stay on net, as we've heard in the, in the conversations. But people have talked now. If Kyrie comes, D'Angelo leaves. It's an overwhelming favorite now for Brooklyn to land Kyrie Irving. And they're just favorites by a little bit to land Kevin Durant now. And like people say now, if indeed Kevin Durant cannot come, if Kyrie Irving's not able to Kevin Durant to come with us, Brooklyn may just stop pursuing Kyrie Irving. Bold move, but I think it's worth it. We'll see what goes down there. Now, Dimity's another trade candidate, you know, I see from Brooklyn. Depending on what happens, how the offseason continues to fold out, Dimity might be on the move. Someone like Phoenix, someone that needs a point guard because they cannot address it really well in the draft. But that's what we got for Brooklyn. That's going to be big time. They're going to be one of the biggest players by far this year's free agency. As I've called for about a year now, I've been waiting. There's no one believe me, but look, it happened. Finally, in the Atlantic Division, we're talking about the New York Knicks, the 17-65 and record, in which Andre Adal just said, nobody's going to the Knicks. Sorry. Well, after the Freedons, though, Mario Hazonia, Emmanuel Moody is restricted, Luke Cornett is restricted, Noah Bonley, Alonzo Strier was not picked up, Kadeem Allen, Isaiah Hicks, DeAndre Jordan, and Billy Garrett, which has not been declined, so he's a free agent officially. Extension eligible players, Lane Dotson, John Jenkins, Henry Ellenson, I only expect... Damian Dotson to be picked up. I think it might be a chance to sign under one or two extra year deal. I really like his game. Now, 
New York Knicks, their salary cap is $65.5 million in cap holds, with a total salary cap of 60.4. Well enough to sign two max players, especially if they release guys like Lance Thomas. You also let go of guys like John Jenkins, Henry Ellenson. There's moves to make that I think will go down. David Fizdell, I really like what Scott Perry, Steve Mills, and David Fizdell have done out there. Dolan, I'm still not sold on him. We'll see. Now, obviously that's what's going to go down, and we expect all for almost a whole year, so all you fans have been talking all about the New York Knicks. And who do you guys who are I keep hearing about the New York Knicks who they're going to sign? Oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Well, I literally just finished up talking about that, I feel, right? I literally just started talking about where I think Kyrie and Kevin Durant's going. That's not the New York Knicks, no. So who is the New York, New York Knicks going to truly get? We'll see. As of right now, though, their roster pans out like this. You have Jonathan Jr. at the 1. You have Alonzo Trier at the 2. RJ Bear at the 3. Kevin Knox at the 4. Mitchell Robinson at the 5. A really solid starting lineup for a young core team. Then Nichelle Keenan backing them up. John Jenkins, Damian Dodson, John Jenkins, Henry Allenson, and the other rookie crown of Michigan, Ignaz Brazadinkas. So, you look at this. The only trade they really made so far was the number 47 overall pick for the number 55 overall pick in cash considerations with Sacramento Gobs. So they got the 47th pick, which is Ignaz. Sacramento got Kyle Gobbs, the 55th pick. So what is New York just going to do with this? Well, obviously they have rumor mill all over. Now, originally, all the way back on May 10th, there was a 95% chance that Katie and Kyrie were going to team up in New York. That's what Stephen A. said. Also, that's not likely now. You look at the who they're eyeing, DeAndre Jordan, the Morris Twins, DeMarcus Cousins, and Julius Reynolds as mutual interest, and of course Nikola Vucevic. A lot of teams have Vucevic in there they're going to have at least have meetings with because he's a solid player you can have. But what are they going to do? Well, I'm not sure. DJ doesn't even sound like he's going to go there if Kevin Durant's not there. It sounds like he's going to go to Brooklyn. So, what's going to happen there? I'm not sure. Kevin doesn't sound like he's going to go there. I heard too much. So, like, Chris Middleton be the guy? I don't know. If I were New York, I'm keeping this team. I'm maybe signing one-year deals so maybe compete with them. Give them little guys to compete with, little juice, little veterans. Give me something like Beverly in there. Give me some guys like that. How does that? I'm not sure what they're going to do, because I don't think they're landing star players. I just don't. I don't. I really don't see where this is going to come from. It'll be interesting to see, though. But that's what you guys got for the New York Knicks, though. Coming up next, you're not going to miss the final episode of the Team Harden series as recent Belvis to commit and transfer Jalen Anderson joins the show. Oh boy, it's going to be something you're not going to miss. It's truly going to be a grand finale to a great series. Stay tuned, everyone. Coming on right after this. I'm extremely excited to welcome one of the newest members of Bella Vista and Team Harden star Jalen Anderson to the final episode of the Team Harden series. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Let's get right into Team Harden. So why did you originally choose to go play for Team Harden? I feel like it would be the best solution for me for because they're on the gold gauntlet, and I wanted to mm-hmm. put myself on that platform to show what I can do. No doubt. So has there been any, like, a member that really sticks out to you from this past series, season so far? Uh, it was actually at a local tournament. I mm-hmm. dunked on this big kid. Uh, so, yeah, I went baseline and just took off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's probably the most memorable thing. That's awesome. I mean, I know a lot of people also said in terms of the game was the big one against Dream Vision. Yeah, that I mean, was obviously huge. Yeah, that was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, like, I mean, you guys obviously were the underdogs going in because they have guys that are top ten in the nation. And Kyrie, McCurr, they have all those guys. But you guys went in as the underdogs and beat them on a big stage. Right. So let's talk about some of your teammates. What's the impact they have on you and what do they actually do to help the team win? Uh, I'm going to start off with Trent. Trent, he's a defensive dog. He gets up in the – 
and the guards, whoever whoever their best guard is, he's going to lock them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets he really gets the team going and stuff. Uh, Zay, he's a aggressive slasher. He gets to the cup at will. He can dunk on you and he can hit the open three. Mm-hmm. X is a sharpshooter. He uh, makes difficult shots. Uh, Jean, which is a senior, he just uh, graduated and went to NAU. Uh, he's a he brings a lot of uh, energy to the team. Great defender. He the one who actually helped to stop McCurr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great shot blocker. Our overall team is just good defense defensively because that's what we pride ourselves on. No doubt. So, how has Coach Polk helped you develop as a person and on the court? He uh, on the court, he uh, instills confidence within me to mm-hmm. uh, let me showcase my talents, and I really appreciate that. And off the court, he he makes us do volunteer work and like um, to like for like homeless people or whatever when they had to go to get food and stuff. So he helps me like to build my character of talking to other uh, people because I'm kind of shy. So yeah, gotcha. That's awesome. That's always something that you want to look for in coach. I mean, obviously they're successful on the court and help you get better there. That's always off the court because your whole life's obviously not going to be on the court. I mean, even right. when you do play basketball, you still are off the court for the majority of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about Bell Vista. Then you decided to transfer there. Why did you choose to go there? I chose to go to Bella Vista um, because uh, they are on a great platform. They just won the national uh, championship, and mm-hmm. they feel like I can help their organization with uh, Zion leaving. So mm-hmm. I decided that it would probably be the best fit for me. Uh, no as far as getting recruited from uh, bigger colleges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited for about playing there? Uh, just building new relationships with a uh, mm-hmm. team, with teammates, and playing on lower side four and five stars to see where I'm at amongst them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also a big thing because you got to get to play and every day you're practicing against some of the best in the country, but then also you get to go against the best in the country almost every game too. Right. So let's talk about some of the new additions. I mean, Belvis has kind of had, like you said, they've lost a few, couple guys like Terry. They've lost Zion. So mm-hmm. where exactly do you see who's the addition and talk about some of the new guys? Uh, we got uh, a four-star, uh, Marjon Beachman. Uh, mm-hmm. He's from uh, Seattle. He's a really good player, a great shooter. He can get to the cup. Uh, he's athletic. And we got this kid, Arthur. He's a great player all around. I guess he's a scorer. And we got a lot of, like, bigs coming in that uh, help us rebound and block shots and all that. No doubt. What do you say would be your expectations for you guys going into your first season and being there? Uh, we're we're going to try to three-peat because they won national championships back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to try to three-peat for sure. No doubt. So let's talk a little about your offers then. So what do you say are some of the schools that you've been in contact with? Um, uh, Nevada and ASU recently. Start mm-hmm. showing interest, so uh, that's major. Northern Colorado, yeah. uh, New Mexico. I went on a visit out there. Colorado, a lot of uh, West Coast teams has been reaching out. Gotcha, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is there one dream offer you've kind of always wanted to have and earn your ideal dream offer? Uh, just any – well, when I was younger, it was Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But, but now it's just really any Pac-12 school. Really, gotcha. like Oregon, one of those schools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always nice, of course, to stay closer to home or as close as possible. Right. So what would you say is one thing? If the college coach asked you, what do you bring to a team, what would you tell them? I feel like uh, I can bring 
energy to a team as far as on defense. I pride myself on defense. Um, I can get my teammates involved. I'm a pass-first guard, but I also know I can score. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a good shooter, but I really look to get my teammates involved. No doubt. So what's your opinion? Like, obviously, people I refer to you as being one of the top underrated players in the country, especially in Arizona. But what would you say is your opinion why some colleges are not actually looking out at you? Uh, because I feel like uh, there's a lot of hype hype around these other guys who are getting these offers. And it's mm-hmm. really just the uh, the people that are around are politicking for them. Mm-hmm. And, but they – because I know some coaches haven't even seen players play, and they just going based off relationships. So, mm-hmm. but what I'm looking for is just uh, when I, whenever I do step on the court and I play against these guys, I'm make sure I'm going to kill them. No doubt. And that's definitely like you just said. I mean, there's a lot of hype around a lot of people depending on what team they play for and all that when, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope, I mean, with the technology, the way it's going, I mean, it's obviously media has got better, but it's still hard to catch everyone, which is why, I mean, for you, especially going to Belle Vista is going to be huge being able to play on a platform where there will be colleges watching. Right. Mm-hmm. So who would you say are some of those underrated players in Arizona? Uh, alongside myself, I say Uniza Ture. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an underrated guard. He averaged like twenty five points on sixteen Ugalit. Uh, Isaiah Floyd. He's a dog. Uh, Xavier Dusail. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Trent Hudgens on my team. Pretty mm-hmm. much every player on my on my team, hard team, is underrated. Mm-hmm, no doubt. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of guys out here that's underrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, so many guys, because there are so much, ta- so much talent in Arizona between the prep schools and even in-state, where right. it's so hard to, like, honestly, for college, I mean, it's hard to catch everyone, especially since they're not allowed to watch every game throughout the year, where, I mean, if there's more and more colleges can keep watching these guys, I mean, you're going to see more and more guys like Brandon Clark, like Jared Colbert, like a lot of these guys that mm-hmm. go unranked, they weren't scout- scouted out early on. Right. So talking about something about Compass, why did you originally decide to transfer from Compass? Uh, I just felt like the the fit wasn't for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I felt restricted, but um, Compass is a great organization. I wish them nothing but but the best. They have a lot of good talent over there. They got a real good coaching staff behind them and really mm-hmm. good owners behind them. No doubt. So what was one thing you've learned from your time at Compass? Uh, I learned a lot about myself. Um, they helped me to build my character, um, not giving up, not quitting, even when things wasn't going my way. Um, mm-hmm. I I want to thank Zion Owens and Rhonda Owens for helping me get to the schooling aspect of it. So, yeah. That's awesome. So talking about your AAU season, what's one thing that you really focused in on this offseason trying to get better at? Uh, I've been working three times a day uh, with my Bella Vista coach, uh, with my dad. Um, just we just been working. We working on. We really focusing on strength and conditioning mainly, mm-hmm. and uh, making sure I get more athletic. Mm-hmm, no doubt. So, is there one skill you think if you add to your game, you're gonna take your game to a whole other level? Probably athleticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm athletic. I I can dunk on you, but I'm trying to get like quicker. And uh, more explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I think a lot of people have seen, especially now recently with like the dunks. And I mean, you had a couple of big posterizes in the gauntlet and then early on in, in state and all, where it's been like truly showing like it's a definitely a big improvement. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
So what would you say is one thing that you should define as like the best part of your game or your strong suit? Um, probably being uh, me getting my teammates involved. Mm-hmm. I think you already talked about a little bit about the drive baseline dunk you had on someone, but is that your favorite highlight play or is it another one that really stands out to you? Yeah, that's my, your whole career. Yeah, that's my favorite highlight play so far. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So talking a little bit then, when did you first originally start playing basketball and why? Um, I officially started focusing strictly on basketball probably my uh, seventh grade year. Okay. Uh, I, I used to play football. And then I just kind of just fell out, fell out of love with football, and I really wanted to focus on basketball. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's awesome. So what do you love most about playing basketball? It's just the uh, – I like getting the crowd involved. Make it, mm-hmm. I like the oohs and ahs of getting the crowd. And I like uh, the team aspect of it, the brotherhood. You build relationships with people you never even imagined you would meet before. Just mm-hmm. this is, It's just an overall good game. No doubt. I mean, that's something that I think, in my opinion, at least, I mean, I know football is still one of the most, like, fan-watched sports, uh-huh. but I feel like basketball is more of a family environment thing, because, like, with football, it's like, you're not really, they're not courtside, you're not really close to players at all, and they're like, they're, I mean, you see they're in the face masks, they're in the helmets and all. Right. Basketball is more like, you're right there with them, it's yeah. almost the whole way. You see them, you know them, like, just like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say is one player that you kind of model your game around? Um, um, I'd say John Morant. Uh, we okay. kind of both got the same frame uh, mm-hmm. as far as me and him the same height, same weight and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I say Jabba Rent. Mm, that's, an, that's another big storyline. I mean, I think this draft especially, I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but the draft with so many guys that were unranked or not really seen that are obviously top picks of the draft, like Culver, like Morant, like Brandon Clark. I mean, there's tons of them, and that's something right. that I think a lot – it's going to inspire a ton of kids out there to truly know that they can always play another level. Right, right. So talk about your typical day. I know you talked a little bit about your three workouts, but what else – go in more depth about those trainings and how they help you and how much work you put in. Um, me, okay, so me me and my dad and my uh, best friend, Uniza, we would get up mm-hmm. in the morning and we'd go running. And um, we'll go running outside just to warm up my legs and stuff. We do wind sprints and then we uh, do jumps. We do a whole bunch of jumps, like trying to dunk the ball and stuff with resistant mm-hmm. bands. Um, and then after that, we'll come home, go lift. And then after that, we'll shower, or whatever. And then later on that night, we'll go to the gym. And then, That's awesome. yeah. And so if we don't, if we don't go, um, Go outside in the morning. We'll go up to uh, Bella Vista, and we'll go uh, work out with my trainer, well, with my coach. So yeah, mm-hmm. we just do that every day. That's big time, and that's something. I mean, talking about that, you have every aspect of the game. Obviously, the basketball part, but just staying in shape and running, and then strength and all, which is all crucial for a high school player and every player at every level. Right. So, who would you say is one high school player if you could pick in all the in all the country that you really want to team up with? Oh, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Me and him used to play together uh, a, a while ago when I first moved out here. So yeah, I want to team up with him again. No doubt. I mean, he's someone that's definitely blown up in the past few months. I mean, yeah, he's always had the potential, but it's like they finally are realizing, and the skills kind of he's starting to grow into who he is. Right. Right. Is there one college player you really would like to team up with? College player that I want to team up with. Uh. One college player, probably uh, Nico Manion. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's definitely someone. I mean, he definitely can just get anyone to a whole other level. I mean, he the way he sees the court and can play, and he's athletic. I mean, it's like anyone can look good with him, especially if you put someone talented like you alongside him. That'd be that'd be scary. Right. So, is there one NBA player you've always dreamed of teaming up, teaming up with someday in the league? Uh, I either KD, yeah, Kobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kobe for sure. Yeah, that'd be fun. Is there one coach you dream of being coached by someday? Uh, Greg Popovich or Phil Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, both of them can bring out the best of anyone. Right. They are some great masterminds. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So, in your opinion, who's your favorite NBA team? My favorite NBA team is the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to call me a bandwagon, but I've been rocking with the Warriors for a very long time because of Stephen mm-hmm. Curry. Especially now, I mean, that may not be called a bandwagon because they lost, obviously, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think, so Steph Curry, your favorite NBA player then? No, nah, my favorite NBA player oh. is Damian Lillard. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely someone too. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that it's almost hard to, like, not have respect for just because of the fact that he's always, I mean, he's always pushing himself to the limits. I mean, he's not, he's almost got the Steph Curry part where they're not, Necessarily super tall, they're not they're not modern day players, but they work their butts off and they right. become a high level player. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little about the draft. Who, in your opinion, is the top five players that's going to turn out pan out in them this year's draft class? Uh, number one player, I say John Morant because mm-hmm. that's my favorite player in the draft. John Morant, mm-hmm. uh, Zion, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, and uh. I say, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely him and Kelvin Johnson. Obviously, Bowl were big time sliders yeah. in the draft. That was kind of crazy. Uh-huh. I think I'm, like I guess I once again, I think guys like the guys that slid, like Colbert, Jaw, and Brandon. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna they've obviously taken down the doubters all the way through, and I think that's gonna help them in a lot in the league as well. Right. So what would you say was the biggest surprise to you throughout the draft class in terms of where someone was picked? Definitely Bobo. Mm-hmm. That, that was insane. He went second round. That's, mm-hmm. that's and crazy. got traded. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm, I mean, I hope someday. I don't know if it will or not, but we find out why. Because I feel like if it was truly like they kept saying he just didn't really care about playing basketball, I don't know why he still would slide that far. I mean, he's seven foot three or whatever, yeah. and he can shoot all that. It's like. If he quits playing basketball, oh, well, you waste a late first-round pick or early second round. Right. But, I mean, I, I was shocked. I, I was I did not think that was going to happen, especially yeah. since people were saying – I mean, he started off the season at a top-five pick. Right. Yeah, even though the mock draft, they have him in the top ten. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. I don't th- – I mean, people say you're sliding, but not like that. I don't think anyone could have said that. Right. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, who would you say would be a steal of the draft? I'd say Cam Reddish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cam Raiders is definitely one of the. He's probably the best scorer in the draft. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think. I mean, part of that thing is in the college aspect. I mean, yeah, it's fun watching with Duke, but if he goes somewhere else, would it maybe have made him better? We could have spotlight and shown his skills better. I mean, you never know, but yeah. that's something that you have to watch and see. I mean, obviously, he's in the NBA. We'll see what happens because Wendell Carter pulled up big time last year too. Uh-huh. All right, so let's talk about free agency starts in a couple of days. Where do you think Kevin Durant will end up signing? Uh, I feel like he's going to stay with the Warriors. I mean, he really has no reason to leave. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like he could either stay with the Warriors or probably go to the Nets or something. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to – I mean, whatever happens, we know is out this year. I mean, theoretically, it'll be 18 months because that's the offseason after next year. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it really depends where he wants to rehab. That's the end of the story. I mean. <laughs> right. So, let's talk about – what about Kawhi Leonard? Is he staying in Toronto or do you think he's going to leave? I feel like he's going to stay. Uh, they mm-hmm. literally just won a ring. <laughs> so, I mean, if he mm-hmm. leaves, he'd be an idiot. <laughs> I know. I mean, I hate referring to anyone like that, but – I don't see how you would want to leave. I right. mean, there's not much. Of, there's not a better scenario you can go to. Right. Like you I already, mean, you just want a ring. So I mean, he has no mm-hmm. reason to leave. And it's not like a scenario with Kevin Durant where there's like going to be an asterisk next to it saying, "Well, you won because you were tons of superstars." Right. You know, people were making fun of his second and third best player. Uh-huh. It's like you have. You mean he's being praised as potentially being the best player in the NBA right now? It doesn't right. get. You can't get a better scenario than that. Exactly. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think Clippers would be the second best place for him in terms of where he looks like going, but I just don't see how you leave Toronto. Right. And then how about Kyrie? Where do you think he's going to be going? Kyrie? I don't even know. He's he's everywhere. I don't mm-hmm. even know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who? it's crazy to see whatever it does. I mean, you see a new alert almost every day between L.A., Brooklyn, New York, Boston sometimes. I mean, yeah, who Kyrie, knows? Kyrie's going to – I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So how about talking about your Warriors? What do you want to see them do this offseason? Resign Clay and KD, or trade and sign someone else, or what do you want? I want us to keep our team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, resign Clay, especially we really need Clay. Clay stepped up major when KD went out. So yeah, I, we really need Clay. Uh, hopefully, we get KD back. We uh, acquired Jordan Poole. He's another sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, we should be straight. Absolutely. I mean, especially with Clay. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's probably going to miss a year. I mean, he might come back for the playoffs and all, but the ACL, thankfully, is not that killer. It's something that's going to be harder. It's a painful and hard recovery. But you, right. it's very rarely that players can't come back and be themselves. It's not better from that. Exactly. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, it doesn't sound like Boogie's going to stay, according to Coach Kerr. But, I mean, they might have to make some moves because also extending Draymond and all, too. Mike Hale is expensive. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, more about you yourself then. So who do you say has been your biggest role model in your life? My dad, for sure. He's helped me through everything. Uh, he's helped me with life, not not only basketball, but with life, school, um, everything. Anything I can imagine, he's helped me through it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Has there been necessarily a coach or another or an older players kind of taking you under their wing? My coach back home um, on my middle school, he's, he's really helped me. That's cool. The final thing I always like to talk about is, is about God. And I just—I mean, he always is the first thing in my life. And I just want to know, how has he helped you throughout your career so far? He's helped me through literally everything in my life. Uh, he gave me the passion to play basketball. So um, I pray to him every morning, every night, just to cover, cover me and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he's helped me uh, through everything. That's awesome. I mean, he's always the person that is always there as long as you're willing to talk with him. Right. So, well, it's been great chopping up with you, bro, and I can't wait to see how you kill out Bell Vista this next year and the rest of your hardened season. Best of luck to you. Thank you. All right, God bless. You too. I took care of the Atlantic Division. Now it's time to get in the Central Division. You're not going to miss what I have to say about the Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons, Chicago Bulls, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, it's coming on next. You're not going to miss it. Stay tuned, everyone. 
Milwaukee Bucks, first off, they're kick off the Central Division. They have the best record, 16-22. Giannis Antetokounmpo was the MVP. John Horst was Executive of the Year. Mike Budenholzer was Coach of the Year. Big time year for them. You gotta give them an A plus. Just didn't win it. Guess they could have done better. They blew a 2-0 lead, but still, they were exceptional. They had an injury that battled, and they came out strong though. Which is what they do. Obviously, they have a pretty solid starting lineup. The Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, and Brock Lopez, but they have free agents. They were able to lock up Bledsoe throughout the year, and then they're getting ready to do the big extension next year. But Giannis is still signed up this year because next year they'll be able to prepare Giannis for the biggest contract in NBA history, which is a five-year, $247.3 million deal, as I said, the largest ever. But the free agents, Chris Middleton, had a play option, which he opted out. He's an unrestricted free agent. Brooke Lopez, unrestricted free agent. Malcolm Brogdon will be restricted. Middleton's a free agent. Pau Gasol is a free agent, and Tim Frazier. Pau Gasol said he'd like to be returned. Mitchell has a lot of interest with about Tim Frazier. Brogdon, there will be an issue there, as people are saying that there will be $20 million a year is what they're expecting to have. Now, Bucks are bracing for a massive deal once they will not be able to re- re- um, re- require him and keep him on the team, as according to Zach Lowe. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Brooke Lopez is drawing a lot of interest as well, being the stretch forward, stretch big man. He's played modern basketball. Milwaukee needs to return the starting lineup at all costs. Now, that guy's extension eligible. George Chella expected him to be waived because if they waive him by July 2nd, his contract will only be guaranteed $1 million, which raises the cap room to 35.2. So you have to sign Milton back to the max deal. Pat Conson was big time starting Brown. We'll see if those guys get extension done. Now, salary cap for, for the Milwaukee Bucks $51.9 million in cap holds, $17.3 million in cap space. As I said, if they waive George Hill, it goes to $35.2 million. Following that up now. All we've got locked in on the roster right now is Bledsoe, DiVincenzo, Sterling Brown, Yonsan Akumpo, Ursan Eliasova, DJ Wilson, and John Luer. Luer was acquired from that trade with Detroit, which sent Tony Snell in the number 30 overall pick out to Detroit. DJ Wilson was a good young player that developed on the end of the year. We know Ursan might still be trading him. DiVincenzo, I'm excited to see what he does. Now, like I said, Milwaukee, the goal plan for the offseason, retain your starting lineup at all costs. You must keep them. This is a very rare. I don't say report the bench and keep the bench. You must keep the starting lineup, and that's what Milwaukee has to do. I think John Horst is the man to be trusted. Next up for the Central Division, we're talking about the Indiana Pacers. They went 48 and 34, even without Victor Oladipo, which isn't expected to play until midway through the season next year, which is a big loss. So that being kept in mind, you must look at retaining and getting other options to replace Victor Oladipo, as much as it might be unfortunate. Now, their team. Not really sold. This is not a contending team, even if Oladipo was healthy. Miles Turner, I'm sold on. It's a bonus I love. Victor Oladipo, I love him. Aaron Holiday, I like him. The rest of the guys are really up in the air. TJ Leak showed signs. Now, free agents for the Indiana Pacers, Thad Young, Boyan Bogdanovich, Darren Collison, Wesley Matthews, Corey Joseph, Kyle Quinn, Edmund Sumner, we have yet to hear about, and Devon Ruiz, a free agent now. Tariq Evans, remember, he was banned from the NBA because of the drugs. He'll be able to re- reapply to get back reinstated into the NBA in two years. But he's not on the roster anymore. The NBA will compensate the Indian Pacers for the money. Extensions eligible. Devonta Sabonis and Elise Johnson. Expect Devonta Sabonis to really get that extension. I think they are really high in Sabonis as I would be. He's a big time addition. Now, they have a cap hold on $91.2 million. Expect that to drop really quickly. As you see, guys, a lot of those guys will be picked up other places and then will not remain here. I think Indiana is going to look like a whole other roster. Point is, on the end of the day, they're going to have $32.5 million of cap space. That's enough to go sign your point guard. We've seen a lot of guys they're interested in, such as Ricky Rubio. We've seen D'Angelo Russell rumors. People have now said that they are a top three destination point. They're up there with Brooklyn. They're not in the high, high limit, but they're up 
and looks at second tier teams. Bogdanovich is one of those players that they have a walking waypoint, just like Malcolm Brogdon. If someone wants to bid so much money on them, they're going to pull out. That being said, what you got on Indiana Pacers is a lineup of Aaron Holiday, Oladipo when he returns. The TJ Warren trade was a big addition. I love that. McDermott, Sabonis, TJ Leaf, Lizzie Johnson, Miles Turner, and the rookie Goga Bizadeo if he comes over indeed. Let's talk about that. The trade. TJ Warren and the number 32 overall pick was shipped over from Phoenix Suns for cash consideration, a trade that I don't understand the Phoenix Suns did. Kyrie thought that was going to go to Uber, but that's time, for, that's time for the next episode. They also had a couple other draft pick moves. As I said, Indian Aces have a nice little team. I think there's going to be a whole lot of different roster. I'd be shocked to see Sabonis back on. I mean, sorry. I'd be shocked to see Boyan Bogdanovich back on this roster next season. Because when you look at it, TJ Warren, he's going to replace him. He's a perfect replacement for him. Boyan Bogdanovich can go to another team that might pay him more. McDermott, I'll see what happens there. We'll see what they do there. But I think you're going to have to really look at getting that point guard. Aaron Holiday, I'm, I'm very high on, but he can be that shooting guard until. Oladipo starts, and if you sign Rui Rubio to win your deal, Holiday can take over next year. You have the starting lineup of, let's say, Rubio, D'Angelo. I say Rubio, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. If indeed he's healthy, that'd be nice. Business day I like is a high person, too. And, of course, Jimmy McMillan, big-time coach. He's obviously earned everyone's respect. At least he's earned my respect amongst the NBA. Next up, the Detroit Pistons, the 500 team with a record of 41-41. and Detroit, interesting roster. Not really a fan, they really have a starting group for it there. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond were studs, Reggie Jackson solid, Kennard's a young good player. As for fragrance, they got Ish Smith, Jose Calderon, Zaza Pachulia, Glenn Robinson the third, depending on the team option on the mid-level exception. Isaiah Whitehead and Kaylin Lucas have been waived and Wayne Allington. Extension eligible will be Reggie Jackson, but don't expect that whatsoever. Thon Maker, though, will be an interesting person. Will they keep him? Will they not? I don't know if they're sold on him yet. Andre Drummond, I think he deserves it, but for some reason, the NBA does not like him. I don't understand it, but we'll see. And as for Langston Galloway, he played big time. I wouldn't be shocked to see him move or wave to go get an opening for roster spot on the Detroit Pistons and save money. But also a very good player to get picked up somewhere else. Salary cap, they have $29.8 million in cap pool. It's not a lot. That's because they're negative $14 million. They don't have any cap room. This is pretty much the roster unless they're able to move Reggie Jackson's contract, which I suggest. they got to try moving some of these other moves. They gotta make some moves. They gotta clear cap space to be able to make some teams. Cause Blake Griffin and Drummond were not winning championships single-handedly. It's a good move getting the Tony Snell. I do like that addition though. But you head over here. You're looking at this. There's not really too many rumors you see for Detroit because there's not much to do. Remember Reggie Jackson? All the stuff opens up. But Mike Conley is a big chip that's off the board now. But as of right now, you're looking at a roster. You got Reggie Jackson. You got Luke Kennard. You got Sekou Dumbayo. You got Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. You got Tony Snell. You have Bruce Brown, you have Langston Gallagher, Kyrie Thomas, you've got Jordan Boone, you have CB McCulloch, you got Davidas Servitas, you got you got a lot of good pieces. You got a pretty much a full roster. Now I'm gonna talk about the draft picks. Saku Dumbeo, perfect pick at number 15. I love the guy from France. I've said it before, he has the potential to be something like Giannis. If he works his best and if all goes well and he gets in the right situation, he can become like that. And who else better to develop you than Dwayne Casey? That being said, though, he could also become playing like Siakam. There's a lot of guys you can compare him to. He's a very skilled player. I like what Detroit drafted there. He's going to be someone that could potentially build this team around in the future. So, is someone you're probably going to see held overseas for a couple of years. And Jordan Boone will be on a two-way contract. That was a very great way to see the way he got drafted and the way his family reacted. That was much love and family. Now, obviously, Detroit, Tony Snell, John Luer, number 30 overall pick, came over to Detroit as well, which they're going to in this trade-out then. Point is, Big time day for them. 
I like them. If Tony Snow's another good four, he can help mentor DeBeo. There's a lot of different stuff you're going to see. As I said, Detroit's not going to see too many moves because they don't have much money. But they do need to make moves because this team, I thought, was an elite team last year. But they need to go see what's going on there. The Chicago Bulls finished a record of 22-60. and 60. They had a big-time addition throughout the year. The front office between Gar Foreman and John Pax and the Gar Pax, whatever you want to call it, really impressed with them. Jim Boylan loves the extension to him this offseason. Obviously, they got a team that's up in the air. Chris Dunn, I told you guys, was not sold for me in terms of being the starting point guard of the future. They made that move in the draft by getting Kobe White. But the Freedoms for Chicago Bulls, they have Robin Lopez, Ryan Archidiacono, which they did extend the qualifying option offer to. Roy Alkins is not really expected to be there. Wayne Simon will not get the offer done. Brandon Sampson is a free agent. Timothy Luawu, Walt Lemon Jr., and Jakar Sampson. Now, extension guys, you might look to see Chris Dunn. I think he'll be traded. I don't. There's a rumor now that they said uh, it's truly going to be a legit fight between Dunn and White for the starting point guard. I don't believe that whatsoever. I expect Chris Dunn to be on the move. Harrison's a good player, but don't expect an extension. Valentine, I'm not sure. We'll see what they believe in him. Porter don't will not be extended, but I think he's a player they like, and also another trade candidate to watch to watch out for. Antonio Black, Blake and E. He's got a team option, I believe, but you're gonna have to see what goes down with him. It's gonna be up in the air. Salary cap room for the Chicago Bulls. They have forty point seven million dollars in cap holds. If that all gets broken down, it's gonna go down to eighteen point five seven million dollars in cap space. I'm just having some good veterans. Another good piece is make a couple trade, maybe take on a bad contract like Jared Smith, but get an asset along with it. That being said, Chicago Bulls right now have a lineup locked in of Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Markin, and Wendell Carter. Love it. You have backers of Dunn, Nakeel Harrison, Antonio Blakeney, Denzel Valentine, Chandler Hutchinson, Daniel Gafford, and Cristiano Felicio. Talk about the draft. Kobe White, I'm, I like him. I don't know how necessarily, I don't know how well he's going to be able to run a team, but if he's hardworking, he'll do well. I like his size, though. I think it's going to be a very good thing to see what um, the entire coaching staff and Jim Boylan and a lot of that crew can do. As for Daniel Gaffer, I told you guys, he's one of my biggest sleepers. He reminds me so much of Mitchell Robinson. He's going to be big time. Big time addition there. I think he has a chance of taking Wendell Carter's junior spot. As crazy as that might sound. Or he's going to be at that point where they might just trade him for a high-valued piece. He's going to become a very high commodity. I love Daniel Gaffer. Damn, he'll be huge. Chicago got to steal the draft with Daniel Gaffer right there. Also looking into signing Patrick Beverly. That's Patrick Beverly's hometown, Chicago. I think he'd be perfect there. No one better really to mention in terms of getting intensity and all that. See, I mean, look what Beverly did with Shea Joe Alexander, Linda Shamet, and putting him with these young guys out here in Chicago. I love the idea. I definitely think that's going to be a big-time move. Chicago's got some moves to make this summer, but they're definitely heading in the right direction. For the final team in the Central Division, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they finished with a record of 19-63. and Really interesting lookout right now. They got the new head coach, John Beeline. Going to be really interesting to see what he's going to do out there. Really interesting. He replaced Larry Drew in the interim job. Kobe Altman is an incredible job. Now they have some pieces out there. Sexton really is a good piece. T.D. Osman. Clarkson's going to be interesting. You got Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, Dante Zizich. A lot of good moves, pieces. But Friedens, training for retired from the team. He will no longer be there. David Nwaba, they did offer the qualifying thing. Jeremy Blossom game, he will not be there. Dingo Dow, same thing. Marquise Chris, will be interested to see what they do with him and who gets him. He's a young asset that's been moved around quite a couple times. Nick Scousis, they expect to retain. Now, extension eligible. C.D. Osman, I expect to maybe get him a one or two year deal. Tristan Thompson, I believe he'll be traded. I love Tristan Thompson, but I don't know if he's going to be staying in Cleveland. Maybe, maybe not. And then for all, John Henson is a very good player from Milwaukee. We'll see if he can regain himself back in Cleveland and what happens there. Delhi, I think you're just going to let him go. Jordan Clarkson, though. Expect him to be on the move or keep him, maybe, but I expect him mostly to be on the move. As an elite six man score, a lot of people realize how valuable a bench player is and they extend him there or just have him on a one year deal. Brandon Knight, I don't know if he showed enough to get an extension. And Jared Smith, expect him to be waived 
very soon. Because if he's extended, if he's waived by June 30th, he will only be guaranteed a little, about $1 million. You will then be able to cut $15.68 million, so he'll be the waiver trade in the coming days. Expect to see that soon. Now, Cleveland, they have $26.5 million in cap holds, which overall, when you look at the cap space, is negative $36.4 million. They have max deals all over the place. This is a very bad roster for being negative 36.4. That's why I'm saying expect to see Tristan Thompson move. Expect to see Kevin Love move. Maybe even Larry Nance, although I think they are very high on Larry Nance still. Now you look at Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the starting lineup. This is what they got on the roster right now. It's a lot of players and a lot of pieces that are very high on. Basically, the roster is filled out right now when you look at it. You got Colin Sexton, you got Darius Garland, C.D. Osman, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson as the starting lineup. Your backups, Gordon Clarkson. You've got Brian Knight, Kevin Porter Jr., and Larry Nance Jr. Then you're also going to have in Matthew Dedeweva, J.R. Smith. Don't expect to keep him there, though. Dylan Windler, Dante Zizic, and John Henson. Once again, Kevin Lutcher and Thompson might be moved. You're going to see a lot of things, though. Let me talk about the draft picks. Darius Garland, very high on that. They want to possibly create a potential Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum duo with Sexton and Garland. I like it. I really do like that team. It's a very good duo. I'm high on that. Very high on that. Dylan Windler. Maybe the best shooter in the entire draft. He'll be in their rotation. Jump beeline, love shooting. He'll figure out how to work him in there. Kevin Porter Jr., they traded up to 30th with the Detroit Pistons and was to get a bunch of second-round picks, four to be exact. I like the move. Love the move, to be honest. They got a guy that's slid. I think he could potentially be one of the top players in this draft class. We'll see where to slide him in. Maybe take Kevin. Maybe take C.D. Osman's spot and trade him off. We'll see, but they've got a big-time move. And once again, Cody Allman's impressed me. Kobe Allman's one of the best general managers in the NBA, and he's showing why, folks. He's rebuilding a very bad Cleveland Cavaliers team in the post-LeBron era. Alright, folks, we're going to talk about the Southeast Division, the final division in the Eastern Conference that we're going to be talking about. Orlando Magic, Charlotte Hornets, Miami Heat, Washington Wizards, and Atlanta Hawks, all coming up next. You're not going to miss it. It's going to be big time, folks. Stay tuned, everyone. So the Southeast Division... Not really respectable, to be honest. You look at it. Orlando Magic, 14-40 with the best record. Everyone else was under 500. Not a very positive division whatsoever. Point is, let's get into it. Orlando Magic, very big shocking year. Got to get them an A+. No one saw them doing this. I pair them as being one of the worst teams. Actually, the worst team in the East. They came out and made the playoffs. Won a game against Toronto Raptors. Showed out big time. What Steve Clifford, John Hammond was able to put together was fabulous. Now, you look at this team, though. They have a lot of moves that's not really for certain. I don't really like the way they're looking at it now from here on out, though. It's not looking good. Fringe got Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross, Jaron Grant, Ken Birch, they extended the qualifying offer to. Drew Martin, Troy Copain, Emil Jefferson, they also extended the offer there. They picked up the team option for Wesley Owundu, and Michael Carter-Williams is a free agent. That being said, Vucevic might be on the move. Expect him, They want to retain him, but I don't I don't see why. You have Mohamed Bamba, let's still worry about him, or if they move Bamba. But Bamba's a modern-day center that you want to keep around. I love Bamba. Watching him, the way the games developed, especially in the last year, they must keep him. The way Ken Burch played as being a backup big man, I don't see why you don't keep him there. Then you see Terrence Ross, one of the best six men in the NBA this year. You've got to find a way to keep him, but if he moves to Philadelphia somewhere, you're going to have to find a way to find bench reinforcements. Also, you're going to look at different pieces like that, but you look down at Wesley Wounded is going to be a good pickup there. What card Williams, I say you retain him. He's a very good backup point guard. you got to see what Michael Fultz does as well. He's going to come in off the injury. Extension eligible players, Eugene Augustine, Evan Fournier, Mozgov. Mozgov didn't play this year. We'll see what he does. I think he's just going to be sitting there at the rest of his contract. Eugene Augustine, 
And I wouldn't be surprised. I, I like him being there, but I wouldn't be surprised if you tried trading him. You need a point guard, and I don't think he's going to like being demoted to backup. Evan Fournier, same thing there. He's a good player. I think he'd be better if he takes a backup role and he's a bench player somewhere else. He could become a really good sixth man. As for salary cap, they have $69.44 million in cap holds. When it's all said and done, they have $17.74 million in cap space, including the draft pick. It'll be really interesting to see what they do with that, as it's going to be a different moves there. There's not much you can do there. They can try going to go pry away, maybe something like X in a trade. We'll see what they do. In terms of the roster right now, you're looking at DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, Marco Foltz, Melvin Frazier, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Mohamed Bamba, and Timothy Mozgov. They drafted Shimo Kiki. He might be ready for the start of the January-February round trade deadline around the um, All-Star weekend. We'll see what they do. The only trade they had was they traded second-round picks to the Lakers, in which they were then drafted Talon Horch and Tucker out of Iowa State. Once they're going to Orlando Magic, we'll see what Marco Fultz can do. But I say you got to look at this. Maybe Aaron Gordon's moved because they got Chimo Kiki. Trade Aaron Gordon, let Vucevic walk. Build, rebuild this roster. Make sure you keep Isaac a primary focus. If you truly do believe in Marco Fultz, then you keep one of the starting spots available for him. And you make sure to build around Mohamed Bamba. I'm sold on him. I haven't seen him in a little bit, but I love Mohamed Bamba. And I do not see why he cannot become the next Rudy Gobert. But if I'm the Atlanta Magic, I'm keeping one-year deals. I'm either trying to trade off Fournier and Aaron Gordon, or I'm just going to try making sure you can get as much space as possible for next offseason. Next offseason is a very poor class, but I like that addition of DeMar DeRozan. I really think DeMar DeRozan coming to this team. You see that take the Magic. Maybe they try contending for the playoffs again. But you truly develop Muhammad Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, and Markel Fultz together, along with Chumo Kiki when he gets back. And you just slide, slide DeMar DeRozan nicely right into there. I think he'd be perfect, and that'd be a big-time addition if they can get him next summer. Point is, John Hammond, Steve Clifford, they have a big offseason ahead of them. I can't wait to see what they get done. The Charlotte Hornets might be one of the biggest stories of this offseason that no one talks about. But I know Mitch Kupchak's getting ready to do a great thing. If you're listening to this, Mitch, but wish, I wish you the best of luck. Honestly, I think you're going to do great. The Charlotte Hornets, the 39-43 record this offseason, fell short of the playoffs once again. They have some moves to make. Obviously, Tony Parker retired. Big loss off the bench. I mean, he was fabulous for them. But you do have Javante Graham that was mentored greatly, and he's going to be a good backup big backup point guard. I mean, you got a lot of guys. When you look at Frames, Bismack Biombo opted in, Ked Gilchrist opted in, Marvin Williams opted in. Tony Barker retired, so that frees up a little bit of money, but there's really no money in Charlotte whatsoever. Jeremy Lamb's a free agent. Kemba Walker's also a free agent, as we all know. Kaminsky, I haven't heard of his qualifying offer, has been extended yet, but he will be a restricted free agent as of this minute. You have Joe Cheesley, JP. Makura and the free agent pickup that they had after the trade deadline is Jalen Mack, which he didn't have too much of an impact. He'll be a free agent. Extension eligible, Dwayne Bacon. Look for that. He showed up big time at the end of the season. Maybe not a lot of people pay attention to him, but he's big time. But Toom, I think they're going to do everything to get rid of him or they wait to, wait to drive out. And they also have Willie Hernan Gomez. If I'm Charlotte, you're going to try keeping Kemba Walker under anything possible. But let's say Kemba Walker goes. If I'm them, I'd have to let go of J- Jeremy Lamb as well. Frank Kaminsky, I might consider keeping him around. But then you're going to go look at this. I wouldn't try off too many assets, but maybe try pairing up something. I wouldn't get rid of Batum. I mean, a lot of these guys you just got to see. Maybe you just wait the one year out. Almost tank, but don't play them. You don't play Michael Kidd Gilchrist. You don't play Biombo. Maybe you try playing Marvin Williams. Maybe play some of them and try doing a trade deadline ship out where you get some assets in the draft. That might be what I try doing. Try trading them off early. Hope that Batum plays well enough where a pretending team picks him up on the right, a couple games in the season, which is a little bit cheaper. Same with Marvin Williams. Biombo wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Kid Gokers especially. We'll see what goes down. But I'm just trying to see. Look at this young core. Devontae Graham. You have Malik Monk. Miles Bridges. I'm very high on, as you guys know. 
um, Kaminsky is not as bad. Then, of course, you have the draft, which they just added on. I love P.J. Washington. I'm very high on him. I knew he was either, either going to go with P.J. Washington or Brandon Clark. I love him. You get him minutes. Cody Martin, we'll see what he does. He's one of the veteran guys. Mitch Kupchak clearly has a taste for that. He got Devontae Graham last year. We'll see what he does with that. Then they got Jalen McDaniels out of San Diego State. I'm very high on him. He's a good small four, power four, and mix up. So point is, right now, they got a lot of guys locked in. Pretty much everyone's locked in besides Kemba and Jeremy Lamb when you look at it. You got right now in your roster, you're looking at starting Malik Monk. You got Dwayne Bacon, Miles Bridges, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, Devontae Graham. You got Cody Martin. You got Nick Batum, Michael Kagilchrist. You got P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, Willie Hernan Gomez, and Bismack Biombo. We'll see what goes down there. Now for Kemba. Listen to this deal. He can go for the five-year, $221 million deal. Now, if he wants to go to another team, the most he can get would be a four-year, $141 million deal from any other team. That's a $41 million difference. That's big time. And I don't know if you can do that if you're Kemba Walker. It's a big gamble, but he knows what he wants to get done, and I'm sure Kemba Walker will make the right decision as I have mad respect for him and wherever he decides to go. Miami Heat also fell short of the playoffs with a 39-43 record. We all know Dwayne Wade's final year. They put on a show, though. But there's big changes in Miami. You might wonder this because I'm going to check out the cap in a little bit, and it's going to be surprising how they make these big changes. We'll expect big-time things to happen. Hassan Whiteside, not sure what happened to them in this last past season, but he opted in. Drogic, he's out majority of the year. He opted in. Dwayne Wade obviously retired. They lost Rodney McGruder at the end of the year. They waived him. You know what We'll see what he does. Some say he's going to come back for 17th year. Duncan Robinson and Yante Martin, they both expect to be re-signed and a qualifying offer is extended to them. Now, extension eligible players, Derek Jones Jr., I would not be shocked if they see him. Eric Spoelstra is very high on him, comparing him to even Sky Pippen, as we've said. James Johnson, I think they're going to try letting him go or move him. Olenek, same deal, Anderson. Kendrick Nunn, they like his game. He's going to try competing for a last spot on that roster. Now, Miami Heat, they only have $16.4 million in cap holes, so they're not going to be releasing much if they're able to release some of those players. That's because they have a negative $35.1 million in cap space. Now, Chris Bowe, Andy Ellsberg, and Pat Riley, they're making moves. I can promise you that. They're interested in a lot of guys, but they love Justin Winslow. They love Derek Jones Jr. They love Josh Richardson. They love, absolutely love Bam Adebayo. They like a lot of these guys. But what they're going to have to do now is they're going to have to realize, what can we do to move? I think Drogic is an asset still. I think you pair up Drogic, and you get, you maybe pair him up with a player you don't want to move. Either James Johnson or maybe Hassan Whiteside. You get two good players, shipping out to maybe Indiana to talk about them having space. We may consider a three-team deal. We'll see what happens there. But they need, I think those two guys are going to be moved by the start of the season. Phoenix Suns might also be an option for Goran Dragic to go back to for the third time in his career. We'll see, though. Then you're going to look at Deion Waiters having so many guards now. I say you got to get rid of Deion Waiters. I wouldn't be shocked to see him be moved as well. James Johnson, I think they would try moving him and Ryan Anderson as well. We'll see what goes down exactly, but that's what I see happening. At this moment in time, though, after the draft, they drafted Tyler Hero out of Kentucky. I love his game. He's going to be a sharp shooter, perfect for today's game. And KZ Opala, absolutely stud out of Stanford. He might be one of the biggest sliders and biggest players to watch out for. I'm obsessed with him. You put him with Coach Spo, something special to watch. As of right now, here's what the team's looking like. Goran Drogic at the 1, Josh Richardson, Josh Winslow, Ben Adebayo, and Hassan Whiteside. With Deion Waiters, Tyler Hero, Derek Jones Jr., KZ Opala, Kelly Olenek, James Johnson, and Ryan Anderson. Now, I would not be shocked. I've said it before. If they are interested in trying to trade for either Chris Paul, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be seeing that as much. But Andrew Wiggins, I see him with Eric Spoelstra becoming an elite duo. He can build around him. He can use his athleticism. He used it clearly well with many players. 
I like that addition. You make a pairing where they needed a point guard, Goran Dragic the guy. Maybe you go you throw in there, maybe you have to throw in some like Winslow to give a young asset and trade in a couple picks. I like the idea. Might make a couple of the second round pick moves on the trade or the draft. There's a couple of good moves. We'll see what they end up doing. But in terms of offseason, we'll see what the guy do. But I think it's going to be very busy. A whole shape shifting kind of feeling. Not sure how many guys are going to sign, but they'll be very, very, very active in the trade market. Expect a lot of moves to be done by the Miami Heat in the new age after Dwayne Wade. Also, the Washington Wizards have been full of dilemma, drama, embarrassment, and bad contracts. They finished the year on 32 and 50 record. It was a one man show every game. Now, on contract, yes, they still have the John Wall deal, which is a whole other story. I don't, they're not going to get rid of that deal. He was also an interesting character on stage. I miss seeing John Wall play. He obviously wasn't in shape when he was last playing, though, and he got hurt. John Wall, I'm not sure when he's going to come back. It might be, we're not, probably not going to see him next year. Who knows when we will see him again. Might be another, we might not be able to watch John Wall play for approximately two years, which is very painful to see. I don't know what John Wall will ever see again, at what level. I, I, I feel like it's going to be not, it's not going to be good, though. Point is, I'm paying him a Supermax deal. That is not good whatsoever. You look at Bradley Beal. He now says that he will not be traded. He plans on staying with Washington. In fact, he might be just selling extension. Which you got to remember now. If he would have made the All-NBA team, he could have got the Supermax. But he's not, and therefore he lost $31 million in terms of his contract negotiations. Unfortunate, yes. Now, in terms of trades for the Washington Wizards, Sam Decker's restricted. Jason Randall's restricted. Ariza is unrestricted. Dwight Howard opted in. I'm not sure what happened to him. He's been out for a while. He could become the start. He could not. Maybe trade him. Maybe wave him. I don't know. He was taking up that mid-level exception, though. Thomas Bryant expects his option to be, or at least expect him to offer a qualifying offer. Willie Johnson could be released. Thomas Sadoransky expects they're going to try getting a negotiation done with him. Another talking about getting somewhere in the 40 to $60 million range. Expecting it more close to the $40 million range on a three, two to three, two to three, four-year deal. I really, really like him. I like him as a backup point guard as well. Gerard Parker was declined, but they do want to continue extension talks, I think they will, I think it's a chance he comes back. Bioport is restricted. Jeff Green is unrestricted. Devin Robinson was released after the incident with Jalen Mills and he got in the bar fight and was arrested. Jordan McRae, his offer was restricted, but we'll see what goes down there. Now, they're not going to ex- extend any of the players. Ian Mahimi and Tariq Phillip, especially Ian Mahimi, they want to have that contract to be over with. Now, salary cap, they have $97.8 million in cap holds, which if that all gets set down, Washington Wizards only have $2.6 million in cap space. And just remember that this is after the fact of the horrible, after they got rid of Autoport's horrible contract as well. Now, the, now they got a new system up there. Very impressive. I love what they got going in Washington. They haven't officially hired the man. But as long as the man's out there, or in a gun field, it's going to be a good move. Now, as for Washington, they don't have a point guard on the roster right now, but you're looking at a team now. You're looking at a squad. You know, Bradley Beal, they traded for Jonathan Simmons on draft night from the Philadelphia 76ers as they also acquired the 42nd overall pick, which they tra- drafted Admiral Schofield out of Tennessee, a very good pickup. At small four, you got Troy Brown Jr. and Admiral Schofield. At power four, you got the number nine overall pick, Rui Hachimura. Talking about that real quick, NBA executives and GMs were saying this was the craziest draft because when you look at it, a lot of players were ranked different places. Brandon Clark was a not really highly prospect and highly viewed in terms of lottery teams. But outside of lottery teams, very highly viewed. Some people said Roy Hachimara, if he was falling outside the, t- outside the lottery, they would not have picked him up and might have thought it was second round. That's how crazy that was, but he got picked number nine, so we'll see what happens. Then you got Dwight Howard and Ian Mahimi. Now, we'll see what they got to do. There's not going to be much moves here. I think the only thing you're going to see is Bradley Beal extended. I thought he was going to be traded, but clearly not. You'll see what they got to do. I think they're going to go sign back Thomas Sadoransky, 
Power Jabari Parker. Hopefully, maybe they're gonna try for Portis. They're just gonna try to get some stuff. They just gotta. Right now, Washington's in a mood of just waiting. They just gotta get these contracts over. They might try getting it out. I don't know. They're they're in, they're in trying to just gather mood. They're trying to gather and figure out what's going on right now. Scott Brooks is on the hot seat. This might be his last year, but we'll see the executives and all are in Washington. They continue to try finding their man. But point is, it's gonna be. It's, they're going to need to move, but it's not going to be very important because there's not much to do if, if you're in Washington. The final team we're going to talk about in the Southeast and all the Eastern Conference teams, the Atlanta Hawks. And, well, I don't like, I won't say they're the best, but I did say one of the best for last. Let me break this down for you why I said this. Will they be a lottery team next year? Eh, probably. But this future is brighter than just about any other team in the entire NBA. And I promise that New Orleans is nice, but this is very nice. I mean, you look at a team, you got Trey Young, Kevin Heater, John Collins looking, coming into the offseason. That's before you make all the moves. Yes, you're making moves. You traded Kent Bazemore. You got Evan Turner now. Look, I got Dwayne DeMet Dedman. You got Justin Anderson. You have Vince Carter, Alex Poitras, all more friends. Justin Anderson is interesting as he's been on multiple teams now in his first rookie contract. I feel bad for the guys. They've been able to find a home, but I wouldn't be shocked if you don't see him in the NBA next year. Now, extension eligible players. You're going to see guys like DeAndre Bembry. Might be interesting. At least he might be traded, in my opinion. Jalen Adams was a solid undrafted rookie from last year. Miles Plumley, we'll see what he's going to be gone soon. Alex Lane, we'll see what he does. He actually was impressive, stepped up big time. Isaac Humphreys, we'll see. Isaac, and remember, DeAndre Davis was waived and not picked up by Houston, and I'm high on that move for Houston. Now, as for salary cap, looking at $33 million in cap holds for Atlanta. If they release those, you're looking at about $12.7 million in cap space. Not a lot, because they've added guys now, like Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, a lot of these big contracts to absorb assets. Big time stuff for them, though. That $12.7 million is going to fill out the roster. Let these young guys go to work. Because Lloyd Pierce, Travis Slank, they had a nice crew there. And what did they do in the draft? Well, they made moves again. They drafted DeAndre Hunter by trading up, moving a whole lot of stuff. We know that trade they made with New Orleans to move up. Big time move, we got DeAndre Hunter. Then you keep your 10th pick in the draft and you get Cameron Reddish, maybe one of the biggest sliders that a lot of people have talked about, as almost everyone I've interviewed now says Cameron Reddish is going to be one of the biggest and the best offensive threat in the entire draft. So you got to add him now. You're having a starting lineup with Trey Young, Kevin Heater. Kevin Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and John Collins. Then you're going to have guys like Jalen Adams, Alan Crabb, Kem, or Evan Turner, DeAndre Bembry, Solomon Hill, Omari Spellman, Alex Lennon, a big-time player, which I thought was a lottery pick, and Bruno Fernando. I compare him a lot to Clint Capella. Now, they might be one of these young guys get moved in the future, but we will have to see what exactly goes down. Travis, clearly, Travis Slink is not afraid to make moves. He's already made multiple moves. He made the Alan Crabb one, trading Torian Prince. He made the different second-round pick moves. He, with Miami, he made another move with Golden State for the pick. He made this big move with New Orleans, moved to number four. He made the move with the 76ers in the second round. Made a lot of good stuff there. You're looking at this, you know there's going to be good stuff that's going to get done. They're not necessarily targeting one specific guy. Some people might have heard about DeAndre Jordan as a potential person. I mean, there's lots of different guys you're just going to kind of look at and see who would fit best under their cap limit but mostly prioritizing the young guys. Will Vince Carter return there? Not sure. It's Vince Carter's final year, as we've all heard. It's going to be really interesting, though, but this is not necessarily a big summer either for them. It's more just filling out the roster, getting more and more assets, and developing the young guys. But they are doing the right thing. Travis Link and Lloyd Pierce have a heck of a team, and I'm very excited to watch what the Atlanta Hawks have to build from here on out. Coming up next is the fan favorite shoe zone. You're not going to miss what I have to say about many topics that did not get enough attention, and I'm just going to state my facts on it. You're not going to miss it. Coming up next, shoe zone. Stay tuned, everyone. So I just want to start off with Shoe Zone. I know I already told you guys we knew who was going to probably win it. Mike Conley won both teammate and sportsmanship award. Couldn't go to a better person. 
You know what this means? Him going to Utah is a perfect fit. He's going to be a leader that Donovan Mitchell needs, that Rudy Gobert needs. I think that they will be a contender this next year. The bridge is wide open for who wins it next year, and Utah right now has one of my votes. Also, now I want to talk about Marcus Saul, corner Danny Green. He was too drunk to just talk on the championship parade, which is part of the reason why we never heard him speak or anything. It's interesting. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. Very good person, but clearly, well, yeah. But, Riley Beal, I want to talk about that in a minute. But before I get into that, let me talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo's speech. Giannis Antetokounmpo won MVP, Coach Bud won Coach of the Year. Siakam won Most Improved, Donkic won Rookie of the Year. Obviously, you heard John Horst won Executive of the Year. Lou Williams won Sixth Man of the Year. And Gobert won Defensive Player of the Year. Very international player, dominant, but the speech. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's my full respect. He's my full trust. All my everything. He's the guy I want representing my team. Not only is he a superstar, the best player in the league in the future. He's got all the skills. On the court, he's gonna destroy you and go with a kill attitude, and he's gonna take you down. He's gonna do everything in the world to beat you, and he holds everything in the, to himself in the highest standards. But the second that he comes off that court, he's the nicest, down-to-earth human being. The stories you hear about him from finding Giannis, from all this stuff, is just fascinating. And then you see the true emotion. The true emotion and love that Giannis Antetokounmpo showed on that interview and on that speech. Absolutely phenomenal. If you don't love Giannis Antetokounmpo, I don't know how you, who you love. Absolutely incredible. And I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I cannot wait to see what he does in the future. This is one of the hardest working guys. Then Bagley. Rookie, obviously, his former second overall pick, Marvin Bagley and Damian Lillard. Got in a rap battle. We found out it was mostly just made up. They just had it for fun. Very interesting. Both guys just played immense talents of rap. Very great. New York Knicks were flying $50,000 from Adam Silver in the NBA for violating media, equal, equal media access rights. Now, they didn't allow the Daily News to access it. Doesn't make much sense because as I read up on it, the draft interview process is something that you just want to make the fans look at. The more media, the better because the more people get to see the new guys and makes them excited. Not sure what happened there, but they were flying $50,000. Not something you really want to see them being dealt with prior to the big time for agency, but oh well, it's the New York Knicks. What can you say? Finally, I want to end up with something that just irritates me a lot, folks. This is what Choose Zone is about, and I am excited to talk about this, but it upsets me, folks. Bradley Beal, well done. The NBA Creators Award, couldn't go to a better person. But you want to know what? Most people didn't know what he did. Honestly, I didn't even know that much about what he did. Because no one, the media doesn't want to share that. I wish I could know what the stories were for every last one of the guys up for that nomination. Because the media does not do a good enough job. I want to look about this stuff. The fact that he brought two of the kids, as much time he vests, as much time he loves and gives them gifts and all that. Absolutely phenomenal, and I am sold on Bradley Beal. I'm a fan of him. Strong, God-fearing man. Man for the kids, man for the people, and I love that. Bradley Beal has my full respect and honor, but what the heck. We just got to start giving respect to those that are like him. Start having the media talk about them. I don't get it, folks. Bradley Beal, you have my respect, and I hope you get your extension. I love Bradley Beal. I'm officially a sold fan of Bradley Beal. But well, folks, that wraps the Shoe Zone, episode 23 of Y'all Enjoyed It. Man, thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today on Shoe Views, episode 23. It is now in the books. I also wanted to give a huge shout-out to Team Harden. I couldn't be happier about having the Team Harden series. I hope you guys all enjoyed it as much as I did. It was a great time talking to all of them, and I wish all you guys the best of luck in the rest of the Team Harden series and your senior year. I can't wait to watch you guys. That being said, though, upcoming... We have a whole bunch of special guests you're not going to miss. We have some of the biggest guys that have been rising from Arizona, from the Section 7 tournament, such as Ty Ty Washington, Ty Harper, 
Carson Basham, Ashton Hardaway. We're going to hear from Marjon Beachcamp. So many guys that you're not going to miss. Then, on July 15th, oh boy, Devin Cambridge, one of the highest flyers, one of the biggest names of the summer, will commit on shooting fees. Trust me, you're not going to miss that. Then, following that, we're going to start the Strive for Greatness and Blue Chip Series. LeBron James teams, oh, it's going to be so great. You're not going to miss that. Trust me. We've also got deals done now where we will be doing a Dream Vision Series. We're working on Compton Magic Series. We've got all different kinds of stuff going. We've got Hillcrest. we got, we got um, Compass coming on. we got all kinds of stuff. A season preview. A mountain point and basher will go down on the season preview when they play each other with, with Trent McLaughlin and Jason Kimbrough. It's going to be lit. All right, with that being said, though, folks, only one way to stay up to date to hear all this stuff, hear who's coming on the show, everything else, one way. Go follow me on Instagram, at Zach Shoemaker, or Twitter, at Zach Shoemaker, both of the same thing. Then, go to my YouTube channel, Shoe Zach Shoemaker, and go like my Facebook page, Shoe Views Zach Shoemaker. Now, that might change because I have a show coming out very soon, hoping it drops Wednesday. Stay tuned, the only way to find out is go check out those pages, and you're not going to miss a show. It will be on IGTV, and it will be on YouTube for now. That being said, folks, if you were listening to this podcast on whatever platform, go subscribe, go hit five stars, go like, go comment, whatever it is. I would love to have that. You guys don't understand how much that helps me out. It means the world to me. Voice messaging, if you're not able to be a guest on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Go send me a voice message. Go. I want to hear from you. Go talk. Go ask me a question about the NBA. I'd gladly answer it. I'm so glad to have you guys on today. With that being said, everyone, everyone, shoot us out. Go be the light and God bless.